It was a roller coaster few days for Landon Donovan, and that roller coaster reached its high point on Sunday with his record setting goal. This is the SBI show. I am Garrett Cleverly, and Palo Alto is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, man? Nothing much, Garrett. It's uh, been a crazy few days, to say the least. And, and Landon Donovan, uh, you know, he, he knows how to tell a story. And he, he delivered on Sunday uh, when, when you, just, you just knew he would. I know. It only seemed befitting that he would score this weekend. It's like, thank, thank you, Landon, for not scoring the last few weeks. And, and thank you for doing it this weekend. So you gave us something to talk about even more to compound on this U.S. men's national team thing. Right. I mean, as soon as, as, soon as you saw it on the schedule and you knew he was going to play in that game, you knew he wouldn't sit it out. And you knew he'd have a monster game, and uh, you know we can definitely we can definitely talk about what it means, what it doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. But above all, we we have to give him his credit for the career that he's had in MLS. Uh, you know, without a doubt, the best player in the history of the league as far as career, what they've done in in the league, um, not just the goals, the assists, the MLS cups, mm-hmm. and 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 there's no player more deserving of that award, or who no player who's you know. Who, who, who that award should belong to than Landon Donovan. Well, no, and Landon Donovan now has 135 goals, surpassed Jeff Cunningham. Uh, he had 134 goals. But, uh, I mean, for Landon Donovan, like, like you said, I mean, what, what, what does this mean for him in, in just terms of, of just getting that goal? I mean, I, I think before this, Ivis, he was already regarded as the best MLS player of all time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think just the body of work, you have to say that. Um, you know, here's the thing, right? So, I know a lot. A lot of people were going crazy about about his game on Sunday, and and, and it was obviously a lot, of, especially people who were still kind of upset about the fact that he didn't make the U.S. team. And uh, I mean, I do want to tell people to calm down a little bit on a certain level because him score, him having a big game against the the Philadelphia Union does not somehow show that he should be at the World Cup. I just want to make that distinction because it's the Philadelphia Union. What are you folks. talking about? I was the Union defense has been money all year. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, they have been horrible on Sunday. They, 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 yeah, they were it was it was it was um, it was a clown show. And uh <laughs> you got you have to put it in perspective a little bit because I mean if it, hey, if it, if it came down to who who kills the Union, you could argue for Lee Wynn. Lee Wynn a week uh, you know just a week ago destroyed them, right? So I mean, it's not about that. So don't uh, pe- don't put try to put those two together and say, "Ah, oh, look, see, look what he did. He can still do it." And it's like, "Yeah, but you know what? He's had all year to do like do have games like that, and he hasn't had games like that." And that's kind of the point. And and, and he's had big games where he's had the opportunity to show what he can do. Club Tijuana, the quarterfinal series in CONCACAF Champions League, mm-hmm. that's about as big a, uh, as big a game as, as he had all year. And he didn't, he didn't bring it. He didn't bring it in that series. So, uh, and, you know, even with the U.S., uh, you know, playing against Mexico, he comes, on, comes, on, comes off the bench in a tight game. He didn't bring it in that game. So you have to look at the body. If, if you're going to tr- go to that extent to say, oh, this game means that he should be on the U.S. team. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that. But Ivis, you know how everyone thinks, though. Everyone reacts off the last game that they saw. So, you know, Josie Altidore still sucks. Come on. You know no, how, I know. You know, you know no, but right. Well, it's just, I'm not trying to rain on Donovan's parade. Donovan was great on Sunday. He's been great his entire career. And for me, you know, if I were picking the 23, he'd be on the 23 yep. if it were my team. But I just think anyone who tries to use that game as an as evidence that he should be on the team, it's a stretch. That's all I'm saying. It's a stretch, but it's still a great day, great event, great moment, and and perfectly timed moment. Mm-hmm. And speaking of perfectly timed moments, you got to tip your hat to MLS MVP Mike McGee, who had the tweet of the year yeah. 
uh, right after that record was broken. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. Uh, Mike McGee, what Ivis is talking about is, is Ivis and I talked about this on the last show, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's, his son's comments on Twitter, uh, kind of laughing at Donovan and, and whatnot and all that stuff. Then Mike McGee went to Twitter and uh, he said, ha ha ha, Donovan, ha ha ha, I didn't even notice you broke the MLS goal scoring record until my phone notified me. And uh, that was just pure genius on Mike McGee's part. That, I was laughing so hard when I saw that. No, that that's, I mean, perfectly timed, perfectly said and 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 he was the perfect guy to say it i mean let's face it the reigning mvp can say, can say that and obviously former teammate of of donovan's and 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 you know what maybe that'll put maybe that'll be kind of the last salvo in the whole john klinsman tweet mm-hmm. saga i mean at the end of the day he's a 17 year old kid he was an idiot he would he was an idiot on twitter i'm pretty sure he's figured out by now yeah. <laughs> that you can't just say whatever you want when you're the son of the u.s national team coach so uh, you know what? He'll move on. He'll have his career. I mean, this. Is, I mean, we are talking about a kid who's a pretty high, pretty highly. He's se- seventeen years old too. That's, yeah, I said he's, that. He's, but, oh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ivis. My apologies. Yeah, no. I mean, I said he was seventeen, but ah, he's gotcha. you know he's a he's a highly regarded goalkeeper. He's going to go to Cal, which is goalkeeper. You know, goalkeeper. You. If there's a goalkeeper, you in America, Cal is at school. So. Uh, you know what? Maybe we haven't heard the last of John Klinsman, and and hopefully, you know, as he gets older and he grows up and and has himself a good career, uh, we'll be able to look back on that and laugh, and he'll be able to tell us about the nightmare <laughs> last few days yeah. that he's had, and 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 because uh, just imagine, just imagine being him right now, and you're you know you're in SoCal, everybody lo- loves Landon Donovan, and you're that guy who hated on Landon Donovan, and uh, I'll tell you one thing, if he, he's 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 pretty lucky. That there aren't more pictures of him on, like on the web, because people are looking for him. People want to know what he looks like, and you know, I don't think he's going to go into hiding or anything. But uh, maybe it's time to move on. I have seen him in person before because you know, for some reason, I cover high school soccer, and he does play for Matter Day, which is one of the more powerful clubs. He's really tall, like really tall for a young kid, and really lanky. That's right. like that's like well, the one image I have of him is just being like incredibly tall. Right. Well, his parents are both tall, so I mean, he he'll you know. Hey, we'll see. I, I like my. You know, I'm picturing the scenario where he ends up being a national team prospect and then he's up for the World Cup and then he gets cut. That's that just seems like the way to go. Right. For this story. Yeah, it only writes itself. <laughs> well, the show will still be around by that point. Right. That's like 20 years from now. <laughs> Man, I'm going to be retired on a beach. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to work till you die. Ivis. don't lie. Pretty much. I know I am. I know it's true. You're but a workaholic. I am, I am. But hopefully by then I'll be on a beat somewhere. We could talk more about Landon Donovan and MLS Week 12 when, when we get to that review. Galaxy Ivis had a really good week over the Philadelphia Union. Kind of looked like the Galaxy of old, but, you know, it's Philadelphia Union. We, we could talk more about that. Um, multiple U.S. men's national team players are complaining about being cut from the roster. Some of these guys, Ivis, you, you kind of wonder if they have an argument. You know, Clarence Goodson saying that he absolutely deserved uh, deserved to be there. Uh, Michael Parker saying that Jurgen made up his mind. Brad Evans, obviously. Obviously, very disappointed not making it. I mean, do these guys have have a legit argument for complaining about about not going to Brazil, or is it just sour grapes here? I mean, I think they all have have an argument to a certain degree. I think they all they all have made pretty good cases for themselves, especially Clarence Goodson, out of the guys you mentioned. Uh, you know, he's someone who I had penciled in as the third mm-hmm. center back, uh, but there was obviously a big development at the center back position. In that Jeff Cameron has been moved to to center back. He's Jurgen Klinsmann has moved him to center back. Cameron's going to be a center back. And once he did that, that's pretty much telling you that he has settled on his top three center backs, which are Matt Beasler, Jeff Cameron, and Omar Gonzalez. And once you have your three, 
the fourth center back, generally speaking, doesn't play at the World Cup. I mean, they sometimes they do. Obviously, if you have red cards, injuries that can happen. But generally, the fourth center back isn't someone who's going to see a lot of minutes. Clarence Goodson was that guy in 2010, and he didn't see any minutes. So, I mean, if you're you if you're you're in Klinsman and you have a fourth center back spot, do you go with the 20 year old Bundesliga center back, or do you go with the 30 year old MLS center back? I mean, for me, I, I think I think it's a pretty simple decision. Now, could it come back to haunt Klinsman if if you have you know a couple of injuries or an injury and a red card and you go into the game three and you have to put John Brooks in there? Sure, that's a, obviously that's a gamble. It's a risk you take, but you know at, at the same token, Brooks came in on good form. Uh, I know people will remember that Ukraine game and say, "Oh well, he looked atrocious in that game," and he did. He looked awful, but that was at a time when he wasn't even playing uh, for Hertha Berlin, so he wasn't in good form. Playing next to the Gucci Onyewu didn't do him any favors either. But I think now. He obviously finished the Bundesliga season strong, and, and so he's in better form now. So you, you, you'd like to think you might not need him, but you know what? You understand why he made that decision. As far as the other guys, Michael Parkhurst, you know, I'm sure he's upset, but for me, the it's 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 the same situation where you know who your three fullbacks are in your top three, in in, in Fabian Johnson, Tim Chandler, Demarcus Beasley, right? So if those are your top, those are your three guys, and two of them can play both sides. Chandler and Johnson uh, and Johnson can both play on right or left. So if those are your three, and they're probably going to cover you for the for the duration. Then why not use the four spot on a younger player, someone who has the speed to really push the the the, the first team in practice, someone who can can give you a, a certain look, and someone who's got a great future ahead of him. So, you know, I can see why Parker's is upset. I mean, I'm sure if uh, if all thing if you're just stacking them up player against player, mm-hmm. who can help you right now? I, I think Parker's in a lot of ways. Uh, you'd want to pick him, but at the same token, you, you can understand why Klinsman would go with a young guy like Yedlin for for that reason. Now, if he had to play, if if he had to start one of those guys, I think he would have grabbed Michael Parkers. But I don't think uh, I don't think Klinsman feels like he's going to need a Parkers. Oh, is that too dangerous? Ivis having two young guys on the on the back line, having John Yedlin and John Brooks, though, because they're your, they're your fourth. This they're your fourth guys. Know, they're your maybe, end of the bench guys. Maybe not I'm, everybody plays at the World Cup. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking too negative. Maybe I'm just thinking like worst case scenario here, like you know injuries and red cards. Well, and listen, all of a sudden, if, like if, one of those yeah, guys if, has to start. You know, what? you know, here's the thing: if all that happens, U.S. is screwed anyway. That's true. If all that, if that worst case scenario goes down, Michael Parker's is not saving you against Germany or or against uh, you know in, in, uh, Portugal. He's not. He's not. And Clarence Goodson is he the guy who's coming in and saving the day against those high level teams? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So I don't have an issue with it. Uh, and anyone, and I know some people were trying to say, oh well, Parkhurst or Brad Evans should have come in against Chandler, or they should have gone in ahead of Chandler. And I think that I totally disagree with that because when it comes down to it, Chandler, before he got injured, was having an outstanding season in the Bundesliga. He was he was the best player. You know, his team was bad. They got relegated, but he was one of the better players on that team before he got injured. He made his way back. He played enough right before the camp, and Klinsman had his kept kept tabs on Chandler and brought him in the camp. Wanted to see where he was physically, and once he knew, and once Chandler tore it up in camp, and once you, you could, once you knew Chandler had, was having a good camp, Klinsman's decision was made. Because let's face it, Brad Evans hasn't been on good form. I don't know anyone who could say he's played well. He has not played well, whether it's the U.S. team or even for Seattle. So. For Evans, I don't. There's no. For me, there's no. It's a no-brainer right there. Chandler, you take Chandler. And as far as far as Park, Parker's goes, I'm taking Chandler over Parker's every day of the week. I mean, he's Chandler is younger. He's faster. He's a better attacking player. Uh, he's just a better player. So you know, 
unfortunately for Parker, it's it's a numbers game, and and he lost out. So I understand why he has a gripe because he looks at a DeAndre Ellen and says this kid is this kid has been terrible defensively. Yeah. Uh, in MLS play lately, so how in the world would you take him? I get that. I totally understand why you look at him and say, well, but at the same time, as I said, Yellen's going to be your fourth fullback. He's probably not going to play. He's got the speed to give you some looks in, in practice. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and yes, as much as Klinsman will refuse to admit it, there is something to be said for, for wanting to build for the future. And if you have those end-of-the-roster spots and you can use those on younger guys – why not do that? That's 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 absolutely what Klinsman did. But do you do you subscribe to the idea though that Michael Parker was saying that Jurgen already had his mind made up though? Because I, I, mean, I kind of believe that there's there's no way you're going to call these guys in the camp and after seven days have a totally different opinion about them. I mean, you you well, know. Well, then here's the thing: Every, any coach has their idea. Their, they 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 don't go in blind. They don't go in with no idea what their depth chart looks like. Yeah, but, I'm sure. but is seven days going to be enough to convince Klinsman that, oh, you know, I, I didn't, you know, Michael Parker's, yeah, you know, I am going to bring him. I mean, come on. Klinsman had to know who he was already taking to Brazil. I don't, I don't believe that. I think he had the guys he thought would, like the guys he preferred, the guys who came in as the favorites. And I think after a week, he, you know, and multiple scrimmages, he, he saw that, hey, you know what? These, there is a gap here. Right, because if 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 not only is Parker's not doing much, or Goodson are are not having outstanding camps, but then other guys are having solid camps, then at one point, how much longer do you need it to go? Because it was a little weird. I got to say, it was a little weird here at, at in training camp to ha- have it still be this competition for roster spots, and that had to be uh, interfering with their preparation. It, it was. I mean, they they weren't even training as a full group. They had them sep- They had them divided into two groups, right? Because you, when you have thirty players, mm-hmm. and this was the issue when they picked the thirty, and why I was surprised he went with thirty was because that's just too many people. You can't really run an effective, an effective camp, an effective. You can't run effective sessions with so many players. So it just seemed weird that that he went that route. Um, but then you understand he probably once he had that group in camp, he realized, look, you know, this is this is too much. This is too many people. We need to have a group together. This is a little. This is distracting. We need to let the twenty-three that that it should be know who it is. And at that point, it's whatever you had done up to that point. So if you only got a week, you only got a week. And it's not just a week. It's a week plus what you've done in league play. So look at Landon Donovan. What's he done? In, what did he do in MLS before the camp? He did not have a no, good he, start he's, to the he's, season. He's, yeah, he's had a horrible season. But but why even so, call him into camp though when he's already been having a tough well, season? Well, there was probably not the plan to go seven days. That's my thing. Like I think it was. They went in thinking, okay, we're going to make our cuts on June 2nd, uh-huh. right? Um, and then once they had the camp rolling, they realized, you know, we can't have we can't have this set up for two, three weeks. We, we we've had a look, we've had seven days or eight days of, of looking at these guys. We've had them; they played in multiple scrimmages. I know one, I know uh, one scrimmage, uh, one training match. They they played Stanford. Another, they played. Um, I think they played a USL pro. They team. played LA Galaxy too. There you go. They played LA too. Um, so they they had a couple of games to look at guys. And if you if you're Goodson, if you're Parkhurst, and if those guys didn't impress, and if guys like Yedlin and Brooks did impress, then how much more do you need to see, right? I mean, if it's keeping you from having an effective camp by keeping around the seven extra guys, and you just make that decision, all right, we have to make this decision now. Who are our twenty three? And right at that point. Those these guys who missed the cut just did not do enough. I mean, I didn't see I hey media. We're not we're not there. We're not in training mm-hmm. camp. We're not in practice. We don't get to see anything. But you can you can you know in talking to the players and listening to Klinsman, 
um, you get a sense of, okay, some guys did well, and then some guys just maybe didn't didn't do enough, didn't stand out enough. So, I mean, it's it's no surprise that the players who were cut don't think they should have been cut because, you know, they, they did well in, in the lead-up. They did well in, in, in qualifying. Like, Goodson, I mean, you can look at his body – body of work in the past year and he's been he's been big in some good games yeah. some important games right no so i totally get that but if you're cleansman and you've this and you have made the decision that beasler gonzalez and cameron are your top three and then you have a coin toss between goodson and brooks i have no problem with him going with a 20 year old bundesliga starter over a 30 year old mls veteran i absolutely don't no and neither do i but i i just to me it just seems bizarre that that Jurgen would even call these guys in. I, I don't know. To me, I think he wanted to look at them. I think he. I think I, come his plan on, was, you, you know, though you're a manager. You I'm should sorry. know no, these you, things. No, but well, you want to give these players a chance, and he gave them a full week. Like, how much more time do you want to give them? I mean, it, it's it, it's a little bit too much of a conspiracy theory. To, I know, because, maybe I read it. I'm not asking for more time. I'm asking, don't even call them in in the first place. If I you already knew it. that Jeff Cameron was at your center back, you knew then that you had that fourth option. You knew going into camp if you wanted Jeff Cameron as your uh, look. Maybe I'm, 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 maybe he so, wanted to see John Brooks up close and see how he yeah. how he handled himself, right? Yeah, maybe, I mean, and maybe, he wanted maybe. to see he wanted to see DeAndre Yedlin how he handled himself, even though you know Yedlin obviously had been struggling in MLS play, but yeah. bring him into camp. And it's not just the scrimmage; it's, it's the training sessions that they, you know they look at all this stuff. So. If if they're looking at that and they're seeing this guy's not so quick, this guy's not so sharp, this guy is being is sharp. Because I mean, like as an example, Julian Green. I mean, it's unbelievable how many people are 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 killing Julian Green right now because he made the team. And it's like it's not his fault. He it's not he's not the one that said, "Hey, hey, Jurgen, cut Landon, put me on the team." It's not he didn't do that. He came in, he had a strong camp, and he's looked really good. And I find it hilarious that two months ago, U.S. fans. We're absolutely giddy. Oh, I know that he that he chose the U.S. and now he's a, now he's like a villain. Yeah, now it's like yeah, Julian Green, that bastard. He's never even played a pro <laughs> before. Why is he on our team? It's like, are you kidding? Like you were the same guy two months ago who was like absolutely jumping for joy. Yeah, so exactly. It's not about Julian Green. Uh, right? See, he, I, I don't mind Julian Green though. I, I guess the one that's because confi- you and I before the roster, I think you and I both agreed that Julian Green would get invited to Brazil. I think the one that has kind of confused everyone has been the DeAndre Yedlin one. I think John Brooks well, was kind of number two. Yedlin was kind of the wild no, no, no. card. Brad Davis is, is the one. That, yeah, that too. Yeah, that's also true. Because, I mean, not to pin it on anyone, but if you want to pin Donovan's absence on anyone, you could then say Brad Davis. Say, yep. Because Julian Green was always going to be on this team. Yep. Like He gives you something different. His speed on the wing is something – like he is a unique player, right? Now, Brad Davis – you know, he, he also is unique. Like he gives you service. He's left-footed. Uh, I think I really think it came down to those two. And obviously John Klinsman apparently thought so because <laughs> his second tweet was about Davis and Donovan. So there you go. If any, Straight from the Klinsman household. You know, it's David. Oh, it was between, stop it. Come on. It was between Davis and Donovan. And, you know, if, if, if Landon Donovan isn't going to start for you, um, you know, is he the guy you're bringing off the bench? I, and... For me, that's a question that I had. Like, for all I under, I can understand the Donovan omission up to a point, and and the point that I get to where I'm a little skeptical about it is, if you're late in a game and it's zero zero or it's one, you're down one zero. Mm-hmm. Like, and Donovan's done it before. Yep. He's he's delivered late in games. Like he, do you are you gonna miss that? And that that's for me. That's the like I'm not sitting here saying, oh, he was gonna start and this and that, but that is something he could have given you. So. Mm-hmm. That's something some other people are going to have to do, uh, whether it's Brad Davis coming off the bench providing service, Julian Green running at people. 
even Aaron Johansson coming off the bench because again, he's not necessarily guaranteed to start. So, what about Chris Wondolowski coming off the bench getting the goal? Exactly. The game? There you go. See, yeah. that, that's, see, that's what I see. Wando. I see Wando coming in in the last like in the 80th minute. Well, U.S. Probably, needs a goal desperately. Right. Well, that's what Klinsman. That if you look at it, that's probably what he sees. He sees that. Look, I have Wondolowski, who who can do it late in games. I have Brad uh, Brad Davis, who can provide service late in games. Mm-hmm. Donovan doesn't have that burst anymore to get by elite level defenders so maybe i don't bring him so i mean i, I you know I, i've said it already if it were me he would be on my 23 but i i could see the logic behind not bringing him well i think the big why, why first off the biggest question why isn't it your team i think that's the biggest problem facing everything right now <laughs> well maybe yeah right no, yeah 2018 i'll be the coach don't worry about it nice i like that am i am i your assist, am i your assistant definitely not you'll be my you'll be my pr guy there you go. Uh, i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, but yeah, it, I, I mean, I, I understand why people are freaking out. I get it. It's it's totally understandable. But like I, for me, the whole going off about Julian Green thing, it's like uh, yeah, yeah, I don't get yeah. that. No, I mean, I I don't know. I, look I just, at I mean, before Mexico, everyone, oh my god, we got Green. This is great. Uh, you know, Bayern Munich player. But it's yeah, everyone's ridiculous. What? what yeah, but he, hey, Ivis, he scores once in Brazil. All this goes away. But we'll see how he does in these upcoming games. That's true. He's gonna, you, wanna, you would like to think he's going to get some chances uh, in these next three games to, to kind of show what he can do. And Look, the, in, against Mexico, did he light it up? No, he didn't light it up. But it, it, for any player, that first start, I mean, that first appearance, that first start is nerve-wracking, right? So even amid all that, the guy, the guy should have drawn a penalty. Yep. He got fouled in the penalty area, so he made something happen in that first game. So he, for me, I'm excited to see him play because I think he has something. He has something. He can... He could end up being that player who really emerges. And, and you, when you talk to his teammates, when you talk to some of these U.S. players, um, they're really impressed by him. And and I know some the conspiracy theorists always have a, an explanation for why everything's happening. So, of course, players are praising him because Klinsman has told them to praise him. Like, yeah. it's whatever, right? I, I'm pretty sure Jermaine Jones is going to say what he's going to say because he, because he believes it. So, Jermaine Jones, Clint Dempsey... Uh, Fabian Johnson talked to Fabian Johnson yesterday about him, and 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 they and they all spoke highly of him, and they and he has impressed in camp. And just talking to Julian Green, I mean, there's not a lot that phases this kid. I mean, he's 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 19 years old, and 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 he's just he just does his thing. He he's got a bit like he's got a bit of a swagger to him. He's got a bit. He's not going to be phased by this because again, you you're talking about a kid who at 18, uh, play, went, played in a Champions League game. Yep. And say what you want that it was, you know, Bayern had already qualified, this or that. He still played for Bayern Munich in Champions League game, and and and, and he still had to. He has trained with Bayern Munich. He has gone up against some of the best players in the world in training. He's been coached by one of the best coaches in the world. He like the World Cup. You can't just look at it and say, oh, he's eighteen, nineteen. He's going to be overwhelmed. Like he's he's been through some stuff already. So uh, when you talk to him and you hear hear. Others talk about him. He, I think he's someone who absolutely could uh, ignore the pressure of the World Cup and have himself a big tournament. I completely agree. And that starts on Tuesday, Ivis, when the U.S. men's national team takes on Azerbaijan in San Francisco. The U.S. has three games leading up to the World Cup. You could say it's like a C and a B and an A opponent. So we're going to see... Um, you know, a lot of different looks from Jurgen Klinsmann. I don't know if I cut Turkey a B opponent. I know, well, B plus. I know, B plus. There we go. Well, you know, they're better better than, for me, they're better than Nigeria. They're better than Nigeria. It's just different. It's just different. uh, I know Nigeria's in the World Cup, but, you know, Turkey's pretty good. So I think it's more of what Turkey can give you as a look and and preparation for Portugal. But both of those are tough matchups. Azerbaijan, they're 
tough defensive team. They're they're gonna you know they'll give the U.S. a bit something difficult to deal with, but the U.S. should win. But yeah, we'll we'll see how we'll see how it goes. U.S. Tomorrow. should put a couple goals. We, we, we U.S. needs to come out and put a couple goals on Azerbaijan. Uh, they, if we go out there, if it's like two, if, it's, if it's like yeah. two one. Uh. I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, again, if, you know, for those who don't know. Azerbaijan's coach is Bertie Votes, and he is now a new U.S. He's Jurgen Klinsmann's new assistant coach. So uh, there's all these theories that you know he Klinsmann's let him know to pull the goalkeeper or something at halftime, maybe. But uh, nah, you know, I doubt we'll see that. But I, I I don't know, man. I think this U.S. team should come out, have a strong game, and 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 put some put some good soccer together. I completely agree. And and looking at this lineup, I mean, you know, I, I now Jurgen's looking for guys who will be starting in Brazil. So. You know, I, I think when, when you look at what Jurgen's going to deploy out there for a starting eleven, I mean, without a doubt, you know, Tim Howard is for sure going to be in goal, barring you know unforeseen injury. But I mean, Tim Howard is the starter all the way to Brazil, and will start you know against Azerbaijan. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know what Klinsman has has planned as far as that goes, but um, you know, it's uh, I think yeah, I mean, Howard, you know, he's played so many games. You you want you, you might give Guzan a game in this run up. So, but at the same time, uh, you know, Tim Howard's on ninety-seven caps. So That's what I'm saying. He can get his hundredth cap. Yeah, he can get his hundredth cap. Actually, funny enough that 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 we talk about that because I am also on ninety-seven caps. And oh, if, uh, if yeah, seriously, I, I counted it up. And 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 if Howard plays in all three and I play in all three, we'll both get our hundred caps in Jacksonville. So oh, big moment for the state of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> or just or just for you? Nah, it's all right. Does he know about this yet? Have you told him? Uh, yeah, literally, yeah, we're gonna have a ceremony. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I was. Uh, I mean, yeah. The goalkeeper. They, I mean, look. Brad Guzan is a solid number two anyway. So you know, if anything happens to Tim Howard, I mean, it's your good hands with Brad Guzan. Even Nick Romando is unbelievable number three uh, for most teams. Looking up at the back line, Ivis. This is kind of where it gets interesting. I, I think you can for sure say that Matt Beasley is going to be out there. Demarcus Beasley. I, I don't know. Does Fabian Johnson play on the left or the right? What about Timmy Chandler? Jeff Cameron at center back. I, I think we're going to see. A lot of kind of just the, the back line could go either way. I mean, what, what do you think we could see against uh, Azerbaijan on Tuesday? Based on the writing on the wall and everything we've heard, I think the back four will be Fabian Johnson at right back, Jeff Cameron and Bant Beasley at center back. And the big toss up is between Demarcus Beasley and Tim Chandler at left back. And, uh, you know, before before this past few days, I would have had Fabian Johnson in, uh, in midfield, Beasley at left back, mm-hmm. Chandler at right back. But Talking to uh, Fabian Johnson yesterday, he said that he's been playing mostly at right back. So if if Fabian Johnson's right back, then it's it's a toss up between Chandler and Beasley. And I mean, for those who remember, Chandler played some games at left back and yep. looked pretty good a couple years back. Um, you know, going back 2012, uh, he looked good. So that that's going to be a good competition. And you know, maybe we'll see Beasley for this game. But I think for for the opener against Ghana, I think Chandler's coming on pretty strong to take that spot. And for also everyone asking me, Fabian Johnson has also played right back too uh, for Hoffenheim. So it's not totally just Jurgen bringing him in and saying, "Hey, go play right back." He he has played it before. So um, I, I kind of no, he's played for the national team. That as is well. true. Yeah, he has true. That is true. Also, uh, moving up to the midfield, Ivis. You know, depending on the formation that that Jurgen's going to use, I, I think we you know for sure see Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones out there. Bedoya is he on the right or the left? Do you stick Zuzi on the right? Bedoya on the left what do you think we could see out of the midfield that, that's the big question right um i mean obviously i think jones bradley i think you i think we'll see a four two three one um and jones bradley in the bat in the middle defensive midfield uh on the wings zuzi bedoya seems like the picks right i mean i don't see brad davis starting i think he's a guy you bring off the bench um i don't think and i don't think he's gonna start julian green i don't i i just don't see that happening um 
these kids got enough pressure on them as it is, uh, you know. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be Bedoya, Zuzi on the wings, and uh, uh, Clint Dempsey is the playmaker in front of the, yep. in front of uh, Bradley and, and Jones, and then Josie at the door on top of all those guys. No, man, Chris Wanowski, what's wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, nothing against Wanowski because you know he'll, oh, he'll be a, your for guy a second, off the bench. For a second, I was like, wait, did I miss something this past? Nah, week? nah. Josie at the door should be your starter. Um, you know. Uh, unless he's hurt or something, but no, he'll be your guy and and he'll have his chance to show that, you know, he's shaking off the Sunderland rusty, the Sunderland funk or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, I think if they go four to three one, he'll be the guy. I mean, any chance that we see you're gonna do a four four two with with the diamond? Because let's face it, it worked in the first half against Mexico. Second half. Not so much, but you're not playing Mexico in the World Cup. I'm so just saying. I'm just saying. I know. I know. Just, I know I'm, I'm saying, referring I'm to it. That was saying, the last time we saw that formation. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah, and Ghana is not Mexico. I think. I think if you're if you're playing, and neither is Portugal. So I think, I, I think you only see that that formation if the U.S. is down and they're trying to and they're they're chasing goals. I don't. I don't see them trotting it out to start with, just because you know. I, I think you need. I think the defense needs the support. Of two guys, and and again, it's and you know it's it's not this isn't foosball where the players are locked into certain positions and, mm-hmm. and they don't move from those positions. Obviously, Michael Bradley, when the opportunities present themselves, he's going to get forward. I think he's you know it's not where him and he and Jones are anchored to the front of the defense. That's not it by any means. I think Bradley will get forward quite a bit. So at certain points, it'll play like four two three one. At certain points, it'll play four one four one and. And if you get late, if you get later in the game, you need a goal. You can move Dempsey up top. You can move Bradley forward, and then boom, there you go. You got your four four two. So, um, as far as the diamond, though, I don't, I don't, I don't think we'll see that as a starting formation anytime soon. Prediction for the game, though, Ivis. What do you think? I don't know enough about Azerbaijan to like offer a legitimate prediction. I mean, I you know, obviously in qualif- in in European in Europe in qualifying they. They they look like a pretty strong defensive team. Just looking at their track record, they were in a very tough qualifying group. So, um, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't. I think anyone who just assumes, oh, it's Azerbaijan, you should put ten goals on them. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be a reasonable two nil result. Two nil. I think it's pretty fair. Clean sheet. I like that. See, I, I'm going to say three one. I say we somehow let in let in a goal <laughs> early, like under within under five minutes. Wow, that's interesting. All yeah. right. Who are your who are your goals? In who the game, no uh, uh, Julian Green, John Dory Edelman, and John Brooks. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> that cl- that's Klinsman's pipe dream. But that's uh, not could you imagine if the, God, could you imagine if that actually did happen? <laughs> Goal scorers in the game. I say Josie puts two into the back, and then Ed Dempsey gets one. I, I say Josie scores, and everyone gets off gets gets off of him. I mean, doesn't that we? We, I, I don't get why people subscribe to this idea that Josie Outdoor, oh, blah, 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 you know, he's not that good, and you know, he doesn't look good for Sunderland. Yo, everyone just chill. He'll score a brace in this game, Ivis. I'll go Outdoor goal, and then I'll go Aaron Johansson off the bench with a goal. Nice. I like that. Although, although I'll tell you, Julian Green coming off the bench and scoring would, 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 would be a great, uh, since all the narratives are hitting the mark Lately, Let, let's get the Julian Green scoring the goal. Hey, what do you think of this? DeAndre Yedlin, we all know, is not the best defensive player. What happens if Jurgen uses him as mostly an attacker? Do you think we could see that? Well, I mean, I think that's a possibility, uh, but like, not like, as a like a wing not an advanced almost. role. But I think if if you're down and you're just really trying to put, throw numbers, maybe you put him in. But I don't know. It, I think if you're asking me who who are the guys I don't 
think get a minute in the World Cup. I think Yedlin's one, and I think Brooks is the other. So I mean, I think I think everyone else could see time. Mm-hmm. I think those two. I mean, every World Cup, you're going to have one or two guys who don't play at all. Over the weekend, Major League Soccer action was abound. New England Revolution defeated D.C. United 2-1. to one. New England, you could say, the hottest team in Major League Soccer right now. Patrick Mullins, fourth goal in four games. Diego Fagundes gets a goal late for them. Uh, Fabian Esmondola did score for D.C. United, but New England Revolution, Ivis, everything is just clicking for them right now. No, they're on a roll. And, uh, you know, we knew D.C. would be a good test for them. Uh, but being at home and, and being on form the way they are uh, and having so many players on form, uh, you kind of, you know, you saw the victory. You saw the victory coming. Uh, I will mm-hmm. give Jay Heap some credit. You know, he you know, generally you don't like to mess with, with a team when they're on a roll like that, but he brought in Jose Gonzalez. He put him back in the lineup, and, uh, you know, they, they still managed to keep it rolling. So, you know, he everything everything Heap is doing lately is working. So, you know, hats off to him, and, and all of a sudden they're pulling away in the East. They're five points, out, five points ahead of... Uh, the mash unit that is sporting Kansas City, and you know, I don't know if anyone's going to catch New England at this rate. You know, bringing back Jose Gonzalez, though, I mean, what does that do for the New England Revolution? I mean, obviously, obviously that that makes them a better team, but but does that make them just even more unstoppable? I mean, how important is it going to be to have him, you know, for the remainder of the season? Well, we want to see if he can be last year's Jose Gonzalez. I've, we haven't seen that yet, and even in this game, I wouldn't say he was a dominant player. He he was okay, but. It, you just get the sense that that he's he's letting the whole contract thing affect him and and kind of weigh on him and mm-hmm. maybe last year he played freely and loosely and he didn't worry about that and he was able to dominate and be the you know MLS defender of the year but you know this year we haven't seen that from him we haven't seen him show that high level um, that that you that you'd like to see him be at and you know it, it's good of heaps to kind of try to build up his confidence by putting him back in because I don't think anyone would have would have thought twice if he had chose to leave Gonzalez out and stick with a Farrell Soares uh, center back tandem because they've been playing well as uh, playing well together mm-hmm. so um, we'll, we'll see these these next few games are going to tell us a lot as far as Gonzalez and can he settle in and be the dominant force that 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 he was last year and if he is then yet then yes they will be even better than they have been because, I mean, the Gonsalves that we saw last year was just utterly dominant, dominant in the air, great organizationally. He, you know, he, he's vocal. He, he's, the, he's the ideal leader in the back there. So, um, you know, for me, as much as I'd like to see Andrew Farrell continue to play center back, just having, you know, you still have, you still have Farrell on the field, and, then you, and that back four suddenly looks really, really dominant. Yeah, uh, Seattle Sounders, Vancouver Whitecaps. I was you, you and I. I think both you know went into this saying that Vancouver at home. They're first off, as we all know, Vancouver on the road at home, night and day. Vancouver at home is a very good team, but Seattle is able to muster a, a draw in this one, scoring late against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Chad Barrett. Uh, with the goal in this one, but I mean, just a huge result for Seattle, shorthanded to go up to Vancouver and to walk away with a point. Well, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I know some people will disagree, but it they they, they were the beneficiaries of a ridiculous penalty call, penalty ridiculous penalty call and equalizer. Uh, Jay Demerit uh, was whistled for a foul on Cam Weaver, and if you look at the replay, Jay Demerit is in the air. I mean, Jay Demerit has some ups, right? For for a quote unquote old guy, he can still get up, and he got up to challenge for a ball. He beat he beat Weaver to the jump like he was in the air he jumps weaver jumps late and weaver jumps into demerit and somehow it's demerit's fault demerit gets the foul called against him seattle gets saved penalty gonzalo pineda to his credit nice panenka goal you don't yeah, it's very uh, nice you, you don't see those too often in mls and he he he, do, he converted that but 
it's unfortunate because Vancouver played really well. They had two great goals. They they did, for me they deserved to win that game. And and once again referees step in, botch a call, and and now you have to settle for the draw. Great game though. Credit to both teams. Great game. They went back and forth and. And uh, you know, Gonzalez. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Eric Hurtado, goal, goal of the year uh, candidate. It, it won't, maybe it won't get goal of the year, but just from him, him putting in the defensive work in the other end of the field, starting the counter, getting all the way down, beating three different defenders, and then and then blasting it past Stefan Fry. Uh, anytime you see a, a, an MLS goal end up number one on, on Sports Center's top plays, that you know, you know, the guy did something. Yeah, no, I feel like MLS is always just like a joke when they put it on ESPN. It's like, oh, and here's for some soccer. Okay, time to move on to the next subject. No, nah, I don't know, man. Lately, they've been stepping it up. Even now with the even with the uh, uh, Landon Donovan uh, breaking the record, that led that led off the, the, the their broadcast ahead of a no-hitter, ahead of a, a Major League Baseball no-hitter. So that's, uh, you know, when's the last time you saw that? I don't, actually, that is pretty big time. It I is. Like it is. That's right. nice. You, MLS is moving on up. I don't know. I know. It's that's going to be pretty good. Uh, I have a Seattle Sounders with without Clint Dempsey though. Are they going to take a step back, or, or do you think they'll be fine? No, they're going to miss him. Obviously, I mean, I mean, you know, that him and Yedlin. Yedlin's starting. You know, even though Yedlin was struggling, to be fair. Um, but they have they have they have enough depth there. They have they have some nice attacking pieces. They still have Obafemi Martins. Um, they have Brad Evans back. Brad Evans is going to be <laughs> he he's going to be a little motivated to to show he should be on the World Cup team. So I think they'll be okay. I don't think they'll be at that level that they were a little while back when they were just they were the hottest team in the league. But I think they'll still get I, – I don't think they're going to fall apart because they don't have Dempsey. Uh, the Portland Timbers, Ivis, went on the road and defeated the New York Red Bulls, only their second win all season. Uh, but a big win for Portland, uh, to, first off, to be on the road, to defeat New York. But – uh, I mean, New York, I was, we, we continue to see this with them where they'll show moments where they'll look really good. And in the second half against Portland, New York, pretty, you know, the defense looked lethargic and Portland looked to be really pushing around New York and, and they got the result. You know, it's uh, New York, man. Ivis, I also want to give props to Maximiliano Uroti with the brace in this game. But Ivis, New York, man, at home, you got to take care of business against Portland Timbers. Yeah, well, look, man, Portland's a good team. I mean, and we said it even even when they were in that rut when they hadn't won a game. Um, they were they, the results weren't coming, but they're still a quality team. And, and now you're seeing them start to heat up, and uh, and all of a sudden they're five in a row. They have they have they're on a five game unbeaten streak on now. They've had two wins in their last four, and their next couple games. I mean, you, they got Chivas next. You like to think they're going to win that game. Uh, then you have a battle against Vancouver. You know that's going to be a good one. Uh, and then you have Real Salt Lake, their old nemesis. So uh, uh, and Real Salt Lake without a without Kyle Beckerman, without Nick Romando. Um, without Saborio, so uh, things just might be lining up for them to 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 start climbing out of the hole that they put themselves in. And you know, I, you know, I, I had reached out to Port, uh, Caleb Porter a little while back about you know, the, the the rough start that they'd been on, and mm-hmm. and and he told me he's like, "We'll be there in the end," and and I believe him. Like the, this team, the, the they were they weren't getting the results, but the the soccer was there. They they had their lapses, but now they're slowly starting to warm up. And I think the fact that they showed that they're they're not afraid to go make changes to their roster um, and and um, improve the team and, and and drop guys that aren't aren't producing. And I think you know what, maybe that that little fire into some guys and, and showed them that we better get our act together because we'll be out the door before you know it. New York now on a three match losing streak. I got to say, for the most part, their defense has been atrocious over these last three games. What's up with New York? Well, it's what we said before the season, right? 
they didn't do enough to to improve their roster. They came, they they got a little happy with last year's supporter shield, and and it, and it was a bit of fool's goal because they overachieved last year. There's no doubt about the fact that they overachieved. Tim Cahill played out of his mind and 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 made up for a lot of flaws on that team, and it, it, it maybe it gave them a false sense of security. And and instead of uh, revamping their roster, I think their roster got worse. Um, and Everything went right last year, and and when you you know when you kind of take that for granted and then don't improve your your roster, you're setting yourself up for a fall. And I think that's what's happened here. Now they, you know, Tim Cahill's you know he's on national team duty. Roy Miller's on national team duty, and they don't have depth. They don't have depth to make up for that. So now you're seeing that, and now they're paying the price. And even with Bradley Wright Phillips emerging as a, as a as a pretty viable uh, partner next to Terry Henry, like it's still you still have your issues in midfield and in the defense and. You know, I, I don't, you know, are they going to fall apart and miss the playoffs? I don't know if that's going to happen, but I just, I don't see them as a title contender. I said it before the year. I thought they would struggle. They wouldn't be last year. They wouldn't meet those, those, that level that they set last year because they're not a better team. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to have to go out and buy, uh, make some buys this summer. You know, I don't know what, what their cap situation is. I know they have a designated player slot available. They need to use it. They need to get themselves a playmaker, a legitimate playmaker. They need to get themselves some help defensively and if they can't do that and if their salary caps tied up and they don't have that flexibility then they're doomed they're doomed to uh, uh, a disappointing finish they're not going to win anything this year so um it's and it's what happens you know when you when you don't you know it, when you stamp hat in mls and people people run fly by you and and i think that's what they're realizing now Sporting Kansas City at home played Toronto FC to a 2-2 draw. Sporting Kansas City, Ivis, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, dealing with a bunch of injuries on their back line. They had no center backs in this one available. They had to go with the four just kind of fullbacks playing through their back line. But I got to say, man, I'm impressed with Sporting Kansas City and just what they've been able to do with, with all these injuries that they've had. Um, also, some bad news. Chance Myers out for the season. We'll talk about that in a second. Dom Dwyer gets two goals in this one. But Toronto FC, Ivis, we, we've talked about this all season long. You go down a man, that's like disaster. You're going to let in five more goals. But Toronto FC went down a man when Stephen Caldwell got a red card. But they scored two goals after that, including, uh, nine, uh, including uh, a goal in stoppage time. So Toronto FC, man, what a comeback for them uh, in Kansas City. And Kansas City, man, they, they got to be kicking themselves for this one. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they had points in the bag and uh, you know, we caught. You know, when we did our, our preview for this game, I had it being two two, and I thought it'd be a close game. But if you're Sporting KC and you have a lead like that against a team like uh, you know in that situation, and you're up a man, you have to take revenge, and 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 they blew that, and and that could cost them in the end, especially when you have a team like New England uh, rolling right now, and uh, they're not going to be an easy team to catch. And you, ha- and, and anytime you have a slip up like that, it's going to cost you. And, and all of a sudden, look at KC now; they're five points back. They just lost Chance Myers for the season. Mm-hmm. Matt Beasler's on on national team duty. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be really tough. And you know, the there is some you know the bright spot. Obviously, Dom Dwyer. He's on fire. He's one of he's one of the best players in the league right now. I mean, just one of the hottest players in the league. He's just finishing every you know every chance that comes his way. Um, but the, it's it's funny. KC, you've always known them as kind of being this defensive stalwart. They'll get a goal here or there, and they'll get results. And and now it's almost like they're going to have to outscore. They're going to have to uh, put up the goals because they're not going to be shutting teams out when mm-hmm. you don't have Beasley, you don't have Myers, Heiko Paro's out, um, Ariel and Collins dealing with a hamstring issue. So they, they they're they're a mess. So 
They've done uh, they've done know. well though. They, I mean, the last two games, I, I think they've done an excellent job though. And Dwyer, he's stepping results, up big though, time results, for them, results, results. The results are what matters. They're not getting the results. So Peter Vermees is going to earn his money in this next this next two months while while Beasley is gone and and while Colin is dealing with his his hamstring injury. So so we'll see. I mean, hey, Eric Palmer Brown, the the yeah. youngster. You know, I mean, you know, we'll see. He's going to have to get thrown in, thrown into the fire. Yeah, it's 17 years old, man. It's sink or swim. Uh, Dwyer, though, Ivis, think he's going to win the uh, goal-scoring title this year? It's May. Come on. Uh, it's early. We, we can't. He's having a great year, no doubt about it. And he's, he, he's, uh, he's vindicating me for my uh, pick of him as the rookie of the year when he came out. And uh, I, I still, bl- you know, I, I told Peter, Peter Ramiz I blame him for, for that one not coming true since he, didn't, he chose not to play him. But no, the kids, <laughs> Don Dwyer is killing it and he's playing really well. And you know what? Hey, he is, he's, made, he's made mentions of, of, of the idea of playing for U.S. So keep an eye out for that. He's a young, he's a young forward. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's brash. He's, he's physical. He's, 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 he's showing that he's a good finisher. So I, I if any, yeah. So there you go. Keep an eye out for this kid. Cause if he chose, chooses to play for the U S then Hey, 2018, he could absolutely be in that mix. And I would like to point out that in our preview, I said this game will be two, two and all the goals will be scored by Englishmen. And I was right. It wasn't Jermaine Defoe, <laughs> but I was right. You didn't say Englishman. There's no way. Look, listen to the show. Listen I had, to, listen I had to, to, I had to listen to the tape. Well, I had you know what I had Def, I had Defoe and I had Dwyer scoring two each, but only Dwyer stepped. Only Dwyer came through. D- Dwyer's been on fire, man. Just he's born in Kansas City. You know, we, a couple weeks ago, you know, we were saying who's going to score goals, who's going to score goals. Dwyer, man, stepping up big time for them. LA Galaxy smoked the Philadelphia Union. Um, I mean. Shouldn't be that expected. Ivis Galaxy looked like the Galaxy of old, as, as Keane said after the game. Um, Landon Donovan had a good game. Robbie Keane had a good game in this one. And uh, Philadelphia, man, the backline issues continue to compound. And uh, Hackworth, does he make it through the World Cup, Ivis? What do you think? I don't know, man. I got to say. And it's unfortunate because, you know, when you look, if you look at the game, it was only 1-0 at halftime. And Philly, you know, they shook off this, that early, early goal by L.A., and they, you know, they they settled in, and you know, they look like, you know, maybe could they come back into that game? And then in the second half, it was a mess. They were, they couldn't stop passing it to the Galaxy in their own defensive third, and it was like the Shannon Williams, was the Shannon Williams turnover was pretty bad. That, were that was those, like though. it was like they, <laughs> the one that like Keen took on, and then scored. It was like it's oh like everyone God. on the team went colorblind and they just didn't know who to give the ball to, so they were just passing it to LA. And and I mean, LA is good enough. You don't have to. Set them up on a platter with, uh, with you know, super easy chances on the break in the final third. It was unbelievable. So, Robbie Keane was on, was unbelievable. Landon Donovan, Landon Donovan was. Uh, uh, there we go. Uh, clearly, they're having a nuclear meltdown right now. So, I yes, just, are, are yes. you okay in San Francisco? It's, Go- it's Godzilla. It's Godzilla in San Francisco. It's Godzilla. That's Godzilla. Alert. <laughs> yes. Somewhere, uh, yeah. Brian Cranston is running down the hallway <laughs> to warn me. Um, no, but you know what, Landon Donovan. Killed it. He's our he, SBI player of the week. Uh, you have to give it to him because, you know, not only for two goals and an assist, but also the MLS record special game for him. Uh, and, hey, L.A., you know, they needed they, they had they needed a little bit of a slump buster. So, uh, you know, they have two games. They have two wins in a row now. Mm-hmm. Now that they, they've, they've made it back to the friendly confines of, of, of StubHub Center after that atrocious road swing, you know, where they went 0-2-2 and and People were like, "Uh oh, what's going on?" But hey, I, I, I told I, you know, I, I knew they. I think they'd turn it around. And now they look at their upcoming schedule: Chicago Fire, Chivas USA, San Jose Earthquakes. That's a that's a pretty favorable 
run of games right there for LA. So you have those three games and you have Landon Donovan back with something to prove. I think they're going to go on a roll. I think they're going to win all three of those games and, and, and be right back up into the conversation at the top of the West. Real Salt Lake FC Dallas played to a scoreless draw. RSL at home has to be incredibly disappointed with this one. Dallas not in great form. Coming off a midweek game, Arsenal really couldn't get anything going. Joel Plata looks like he has an injury in this one. Uh, but for FC Dallas, man, they, they got to be happy to go on the road and to walk away with a point in this one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think most people would have pegged them to get slaughtered. Um, but, you know, they, they stood firm. Their defense, uh, you know, their defense has, has struggled here and there, especially with some injuries. And, and you know, I, I don't even know if they've had a shutout this year. It might have been their first shutout of the season. You know, let's look back. And, yes, that was actually their first shutout of the season. So, you know, that that's a big one for Oscar Pereja, considering the injuries that they have and, and how shorthanded they are. They mm-hmm. For them to go there, get a point, I mean, that's something to build on. And as far as Salt Lake, I don't think you're going to go too crazy. You're disappointed, but at the end of the day, you're still undefeated. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's almost June, and you haven't lost a game yet. So, and you know you're missing Ramondo, Beckerman, and Saborio. So, you know you you're you realize that you know, you don't have all hands on deck. So, I'm sure Kassar will use it as a building, uh, as a teaching tool, and, and, and look at this game as one that they absolutely should have won. But you got to give Dallas some credit. Columbus defeated Chicago Fire two to zero. Federico Higuain had another two goal game for the Columbus Crew. As he goes, so do the Columbus Crew. Obviously, we've talked about this all season long. Fire dealing with a few injuries, but I said in this one though, this was a game where we really see where the Chicago Fire would be. I mean, the last two games, I was I think you can put an act. You, you know, you can, you can kind of say that the Fire were on the other end of some playing some teams at a fortunate time during the season. Uh, and Columbus, man, they uh, they defeated Fire this weekend. They needed that one. They needed that one to kind of you know snap out of their 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 funk. And we've said it. And and this is the tricky part, right? When you rely on one player so much, the way they rely rely on Iguain, um, it's just tough to expect a, a player to to come through every single week. And, and I think Berhalter, they need to get Iguain some help. They need a second player. You need your Robin to go with your Batman in this league because no one can just do it on their own. And look at the top teams in the league; they generally have. At least two guys mm-hmm. who, can, who can carry it, carry you. So um, it's good for you know it's good to see him step up and, and kind of deliver that win for them. But you know the summer transfer window is coming, and you'd like to think they have the cap room and they definitely have the designated player slots. So mm-hmm. let's see if Anthony Precourt is as as serious as he as he claims to be about making this team a, a top team in this league. I know that there was you know they obviously they put in for Michael Bradley when Bradley was available. Uh, they they've apparently shown a willingness willingness to spend money. Greg, Ber- Greg Berhalter, you know, he coached in Europe. You'd like to think he has some connections over there. Let's see who they go get because they have to get somebody because Iguain is only going to take you so far. He, you can't just rely on him. So we'll see we'll see what they do. But big win for them. And, and we've seen Columbus in years past during the summer window going off to get someone too. So they they do make those moves for the for the fire Ivis. I mean, this was. A loss at the wrong time. You look at their schedule coming up. LA Galaxy, Rapids, Sounders, Toronto FC, Sporting Kansas City, New England Revolution. I mean, those are six tough games in a row for the Fire. I think that the two-game winning streak that they're on, I think that was a, you know, a mirage. And unfortunately, dead, the dead Fire bounced over. Is that a dead cat bounce? 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, it's it, the fire, man. The, those two games were they, they didn't do anything for me. The fire, their defense is not good enough. No, there's no other way to uh, there's no other way to say it. Their def- I mean, they, they've won two games this year, and one of them they won five four, right? Yes, so, against a, against a horrible New York defense that really didn't care, and the other right, one was so, against Sporting Kansas City that had a 17 year old center back in his debut. I mean, come on. Right, and this is what I'm saying. Like what I'm saying is their defense is just not good enough, and uh, unless they go out and 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 revamp that defense, they're, they're they can't. They have some nice attacking pieces. Mike Mike McGee is Mike McGee. Uh, Quincy America is having a nice season, mm. but they just don't. You know, Harrison Ship's having a good year for them. I have yep, rookie of the year caliber. Mm-hmm. Although Patrick Mullins is on his tail. Yeah, that's true. Um, they, they're going to be a decent team to watch, but their defense is horrible. Yeah, and and until they fi- until they fix that, they're gonna, they're not going to be in contention. They're just not. So you know what? I don't I don't know what what Frank Yellup has under his under his sleeves, but. They need to go make some changes quickly in the back line. Yeah, and look, these next six games against teams that probably will all make the playoffs, the Chicago Fire have to at least go 3-3. Three and three. If, if they go, I don't know if the Rapids are going to make the playoffs. Uh, that's true, actually. Good point. Well, Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Five out of the six teams will make the playoffs. Rapids will at least compete for playoffs. Toronto will allow to make the playoffs? Yeah, you come on. You have to put Toronto in there. Are they? No. Are they, are they in the playoff spot right now? No, they're not right now. Well then, they... okay. Wait. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait. No. 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 You, you, at the end of the season, do you think who who make it? Columbus or Toronto? I I would put Toronto well over Columbus. Uh, is it why is it between those two? Well, I, I mean, we're I'm, going off on a tangent here, but hey, look, <laughs> no, they, I, their I, schedule I, isn't quite murderers row. Let's take it easy with that. There are some tough games, but there are some games they can win. That you know what? If they want to be a playoff team, they should be able to win those games. So don't. It's not like they're playing RSL. Uh, RSL, New England, Sporting KC, DC in a row. Like that's a murderer's row. Like they're not playing. They're, they there's some okay, games fine. there. It's a have. it's a tough six game stretch. Yeah, it's all right. It's pretty tough. Tough six game stretch. Uh, San Jose defeated Houston this past weekend. Uh, four. I'm sorry, three to zero. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, Ivis, you were at the game, so I'll, I'll let you take this one away. Well, no, you know San Jose. They they just. They showed more energy. They, they had a great crowd at Buckshaw, uh, Memorial Day weekend sellout crowd there. And uh, Houston just you – know, here's the, first of all, Houston had chances. You have to point that out. John Bush was was on fire. He, he For me, he was the man of the match because, you know, he, he made at least three or four top-shelf saves uh, to deny Houston. And, and you know, as you – as you make those saves, it gives your team confidence. And San Jose, you know, they they, they hustle. They they you know they make games ugly. They put pressure on you. And you know they the goals were all pretty funky when you think about it. Uh, you had one uh, on an indirect free kick that was like four yards from goal. Uh, Kyrie Stevenson converts that. And then the second one was on a penalty kick that a lot of people, especially Houston fans, thought was not a penalty and was really bad call. I saw it live, and from my angle, it looked like a legit call because it looked like Corey Ash stepped into into Linhart as he was running by, and he made contact. And yes, Linhart's a diver; he's got the reputation, so it's easy to kind of just assume he's always diving. But at that moment, it looked like Ash really played into him and, and initiated the contact. And you know what? If you're in that position, don't like get away from the guy. You're in the penalty area. You know how Linhart is. Why would you try to, you know, hip into him when he's already lost the ball? That was the thing. Linhart, you know, had lost the ball and he was chasing after it. And then Ash just plows into him. So, uh, you know, that that one, the, there's a lot of debate about whether that was legit. And then the third goal, Tally Hall, a ball sent his way. And Atiba Harris just skies up and beats him to the ball. 
another hustle play. So give credit to San Jose. They hustled. They they earned their three points. Uh, Houston is in a world of hurt right now. I mean, they're you know they it, they're still in a in a good position as far as the standings go. They're in fourth place. Okay, but are they in the playoffs? I mean, <laughs> you know what? Well, again, they don't have Brad Davis. They don't have Bonia Garcia. Uh, so those guys will be back. And you know what? They'll do what they do every year. Yeah. They, 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 you know, they'll they, find they a way put, to get they, to the playoffs. They puts around and, yeah. and they puts around the first half of the season. They, 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 you know, they're up and down. They're, they're lackluster. They're not that great. And then they'll turn it on late and get in the playoffs. So, and then but, up and then upset someone. And then yeah, right. They, they've lost three or four. Uh, and I don't know. I've seen it so many times, so many years now, where they look awful. They look dead in the water. They look like they're gonna just totally just collapse and then Dom Kinnear finds a way so I'm not writing him off but you know Kinnear can't be happy right now completely agree uh how was Buckshaw Stadium though I guess your first time there it was good man it was good uh, good environment it's a small stadium obviously and they will have their new state-of-the-art uh stadium in 2015 and you know that that should be a great place to watch games but um Buckshaw I, I, I was impressed it was, it's a nice atmosphere nice cozy cozy confines and obviously they had a great crowd memorial day weekend and uh it was they were packed in there and lively fans i know that some i know some earthquake i know earthquakes fans don't have the best reputation uh around the league but they were great you know i spent the first half uh sitting in the support one of the one of the supporter sections and it was great it was great and that's how it is in every every stadium really i mean the the, the hardcore fans the, the you know the the supporters groups that are kind of the lifeblood of every team, and and you know San Jose is no different, and they have a good uh, good group of fans there. Uh, in the final game of the weekend, uh, the uh, Colorado Rapids defeated Montreal Impact four to one. Montreal having an atrocious season this year, and uh, Colorado doing what everyone else is doing, feasting off the poor Montreal Impact. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know how much longer Frank uh, Frank Lopez has to go there. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, but it's not surprising, though. I mean, I think you and I both agree that Montreal is probably going to be the worst team at the end of this year. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, I don't know. For me, I know it's easy. It's always easy to say, "Oh, fire the manager, fire the coach," but like he inherited a team yeah. that that fell apart last year, and then didn't do anything in the offseason to get better. So for me, that's just I don't know. Like I, he it was set up. They were set up to fail, and uh, you know, fire. You know, if anyone should be on the hot seat, it should be the GM, right? I mean, he you know he put the team together, not not Copa. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. Colorado, though, obviously, you know, they responded in the match they needed. They needed mm-hmm. three points there, and they responded in a big way. So, you know, you like you like seeing that out of them, uh, especially a team that they've been they've been uh, pretty inconsistent uh, in the season. You know, up and down, and they they were on a. They were in a one three and one stretch over their last five, and they'd had one win in, in their past six. So, you know, you, you look at that and you say, uh, you know, what's going on there? And look, credit to Pablo Mastroeni. I will say one thing: the guy plays young players. He gives young players chances. He's got, he's got a deep bench. I mean, he has a deep roster, and he's not afraid to use everybody on that roster. And he's not afraid to give young guys chances. And you know, I, I talked to him after the first ma- his first match of the season, and he and he said that he told me. You know what? I, I'm not. I'm not going to be afraid to give young guys minutes. I'm not. You know, because you. That's that's the only way you. You know, you get these guys better is to give them the experience, and that's why you've seen younger guys like Dylan Serna, uh, Marlon Hairston, the rookie, Jared Watts, even you know, even the goalkeeper John Burner. Like they, they've played so many young guys, and given them minutes that you know what? Maybe that comes in handy d- down the stretch later in the year when 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 those young guys. 
uh, maybe you call on those young guys to step up. So I'm still – I don't know what to make of them. I mean, they have talent. Dylan Powers is great. Dylan Powers is, is, is you know, one of the better young midfielders, one of the better American midfielders in the league. He, he kind of flies under, under the radar a bit. But I don't know. I feel like their forwards need to start stepping up, uh, whether it's Brown or, or, you know, Edson Buttle. Like, those guys need to start stepping up and being a bit more consistent. So we'll see what happens with them. They're still, I think they're still the – sto- the rapid story is yet to be written this year. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Colorado, man, I, I think you and I both – I think we talked about this before where Colorado kind of reminds me of sporting Kansas City a few years ago. Lots of young guys getting a lot of playing time. You know, a couple years under the belt, they figure it out. Colorado could be – Sporty Kansas City. That, that's how I've always felt about oh, Colorado. Yeah, I mean they have that nice nu- young. They have a nice nucleus of young talent, and and I I, I remember before twenty thirteen season saying I thought this year would be their year. I thought you know if they got guys minutes last year, uh-huh. this would be the year. But that was when Pereja was the coach. So obviously when you bring in a new coach, he has to in, implement his his own philosophy, and that that costs you some time in your in your in your you know evolution as a team. So Maybe that will cause them to take a step back a bit, but they have a lot of nice young talent there. Powers, Brown, obviously two of the top rookies in the league last year. Uh, and, you know, Shane O'Neill, Dylan Cerna, Marlon Hairston. Uh, there's a lot of young talent there. So uh, Pablo Mastroeni, you know what? A lot was made about his lack of experience. Uh, I, I had questions about that as well. But I think the fact that he's so committed to young players uh, bodes pretty well for that group and, and keeping that group together. And and I think that will be a strong team if they keep those that that nucleus together. It, it will be a strong team in time. On Saturday, it was the Champions League final. Real Madrid in extra time defeated Atletico Madrid. Sergio Ramos with a late equalizer. Um, this game, Ivis, it, it was awesome. This, this this game just from beginning to end was it was such a fun game to watch. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it went it went the way the, those games between these teams yeah. have, have have gone all year, and you know, it's it, it's interesting how look at Atletico, they give their all, they they, they pressure you, um, and and Simeone, his philosophy is just to kind of try to squeeze the life out of your opponent. But the thing is, you're gonna run out of gas if you don't if you don't effectively put the game away. And a team like Real Madrid, who has so much quality. Uh, you can't if you don't put them away. They will find a way at the end. And and you know I, I remember the game that they played last or earlier in the year um, at the at Atletico Madrid. Uh, it was it was almost the same scenario where Atletico came out strong. They took the lead. They were in control of the game, but but Real Madrid stayed in it. And and eventually Atletico tired and Real Madrid came back. And it was pretty much that all over again. And, uh, you know, I know people will want to try to give, give Simeone crap because of the whole Diego Costa thing and that cost them the game. And, like, I'm, I'm th- I think that's a little bit of a reach personally. I mean, that, obviously that didn't help things. But, you know what? You have to give Real Madrid some credit. They yeah. played well. Um, Real Madrid knocked on the door for the last 20 minutes of the game. I mean, you yeah, felt like that goal was going to They turned it come. on. You know, they turned it on. They finished strong. Credit to Carlo Ancelotti. He made, he made some good subs there. And on a, and this is on a day when Ronaldo didn't have a good game. He, he didn't dude, play. Ronaldo his, is such a D. And I don't want to say the whole word, but I can't stand him. He rips <laughs> off his shirt on the fourth goal. All right, bro, come stop on, hating, man. Stop hating on Ronaldo. No, like seriously, like come on. It was, it was a, a bit P, much. It, it was a, a PK after after Real Madrid smashed him an extra time. Ronaldo, dude, get get over your ego. I hope someone on the U.S. men's national team takes him out of Brazil, just puts him on his ass. 
can't stand him sometimes. All right, man. Stop hating on Ronaldo. I know you. I know you're worried about your girlfriend checking him out and all Actually, that. Actually, no. But, my my girlfriend does not like Ronaldo. She told me she's a David Beckham gal. You know what? I feel like anyone who goes out, any girl who goes out her way to say they don't like Ronaldo, secretly likes Ronaldo. That's what I said, and she's like, yeah, "No, that's no, not true." Yeah, you're like the third guy in the past four days who I've heard say that their girl claims to not be a Ronaldo guy. I'm like, yeah. Okay, Wait, really? I'm, I'm not the yeah. only one? Oh, no, you're not the only one. There's, there's a whole like subset. Uh, no, but look, you know what? Yes, it was a little much to tear your shirt off uh, scoring a goal that made it 4-1 and the game's already decided. Yeah, it was a little much. That, But it's Ronaldo. It's you know, it, it, he, That is who he is. So, But he's still a great player. That, that said, let's not talk about him ripping the shirt off. Let's talk about the guys who stepped up for Real Madrid because he didn't have a great game. So other guys had, had to step up. Angel Di Maria, Modric, Sergio Ramos again. I mean, how many goals did this guy oh, no. score? Big goals in the last few weeks and months. I mean, he's been outstanding. And I know people. some people hate him and think, oh, you know, not big fans of Ramos and the way he acts and whatnot. But the guy delivered down the stretch. And, um, and then Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale, who had was having a nightmare game up to that point. I mean, missed a ton of chances. I actually noted on Twitter that, you know, because there are some people who – at one point when I tweeted a while back about Zlatan being the best player not in the World Cup, and there were a couple of Real Madrid fans that were like, oh, Gareth Bale's better than him. And I'm like, really? And so, of course, I tweeted, you know, that's why this is a joke that people think Zlatan, that he's better than Zlatan. So, and then I tweeted, of course, this means Gareth Bale's going to score now. And, and then he did score. So you're welcome. You're welcome, Real Madrid fans. Uh, Any, D- anything for you guys? Dude, D- Di Maria had an unbelievable game in this one. Uh, he was he, unbelievable. He, I, hey, he's a beast in Argentina, man. Yeah. They're, they're going to be, you know, if if Messi's on his game and with Di Maria on his game, they they're going to be good, man. They they the Brazil Argentina final has to happen. I just, uh, I it, it'd be great to see uh, that in in Brazil Argentina Neymar versus Messi, all of it. But yeah, Di Maria is going to be big if uh, you know if Messi's going to get to that final. You know, uh, Casillas he did not have a good game. He made he's a couple. Getting, he made a couple just head scratching. He's Wonders. getting up there in age, you know. Yeah. At a certain point, you lose you lose it a little, and uh, he's still. I mean, he's still a legend, right? But oh, he's a great goalkeeper. But there are a couple of times, and I'm like, it God, wasn't. What it was wasn't his thinking? best. It wasn't yeah. his best game. It wasn't his best game. So, but again, credit to Madrid. Other guys stepped up uh, on a day when you know some of their their more recognizable stars didn't didn't come through, and that's a credit to Ancelotti. You know, he he made he made he made the right picks. He made the right subs. Uh, great. Underrated. He's a he's a manager who just doesn't get the credit he deserves, and, and kudos to him uh, for adding that to his resume. Ivis, we've reached the end of the show. You know what that means? SBI Q and A. You can submit your questions if you're listening. You can submit your questions on Twitter using using hashtag Ask the SBI Show at any time. Ivis and I always check, and uh, and we include your questions if we find them befitting for the show. Uh, Ivis' first question comes from Ty Allen. Is Brad Davis really the one we should say was favored over Landon, or is it just convenient for fans? Uh, it's it's obviously not fair. It's not fair to any one uh, and one player. You can point to, to to selections and say, you know, maybe Donovan should be in ahead of of him. But there there are three guys on this team that you could look at, right? You can say Wondolowski, you can say Davis, you can say Julian Green, and. It's not any of their faults that Julian that that Jurgen Jurgen Klinsmann picked those guys. None of their faults. But head head to head, let's consider it right. If you want to talk about Chris Wondolowski, uh, he's on good form. He's someone who has shown he can you know he 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 finds puts his head on balls, finds 
chances late in games. Uh, obviously, Donovan has the World Cup experience, but as a, as a pure forward, you'd like to think Wondolowski is a little in better form as a pure forward than Donovan is. Brad Davis, that, that is the one that you kind of look at it and say, why Davis over Donovan? And it's a real tough question. Um, but Davis does have his, 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 his benefits, his, his positives. He does provide good service from the left wing. Uh, set pieces, crosses. Uh, he puts in the defensive work and get, get both ways. The, him and Donovan, that's the one where you kind of flip your coin. And for me, if I was picking the roster, I would pick Donovan over Davis. But I can understand the characteristics that made Klinsman take Davis. As far as Green goes, Green's just different. Green's, you need speed. You need someone to come off. The, you need to have some speed option in your attack that, you know, some difference making type players. And, He's that guy. There's not, there's just no other pure speed in this attack. Um, you know, Donovan isn't a blaze, blazer anymore. He's not. This isn't 2002. Um, and none of these other guys are in the attack, whether it's Zuzi, Bedoya, um, Altidore, Johansson. None of these guys are, are blazers. Julian Green has pace. And he so he, he gives you that something different. So I for me. I, I think people looking at, at the green comparison, I think that's a little off. I think it's easy to pick on him because his, his resume and he hasn't played much as a pro. But, it, it, you know, I just don't think that one's a fair one either. Next question comes from Nihal. In your estimation, what is the best back line for the U.S.? Well, I mean, we haven't seen them yet, right? I think we'll know after these three games. Um, if you're asking me who I think is going to start versus Ghana, I'm going to go Chandler on the left. Johnson on the right and Beasley and Cameron in the middle. Um, I'm sure Beasley will have his chance to, to battle against Chandler, and I think that's going to bear watching because um, you know Be- Beasley's up there in age now. Um, he's still quick. He still has some some wheels, but uh, you know if Klinsman's worried about age and worried about having a, a a strong young physical lineup out there, then Chandler Johnson as your fullbacks is a pretty solid uh, tandem. Ivis, next question comes from Patrick. Can you opine on who will start on the back line versus Ghana? Bonus points if Beasley's not in the mix. Uh, well, I just opined right there. So uh, I think Beasley's going to play at some point. Uh, but as far as starting versus Ghana, I think if Chandler keeps playing well, I think you're going to see Chandler Johnson. Next question comes from Goose. Chances Landon Donovan gets called back into camp. Uh, when it first went down, I would have said 0.001. But listening to him and listening to Klinsman, it sounds as though if there's an injury, he's going to call him in. Um, and that would be very awkward, I got to say. Um, so I think there's a chance. I think there's a, you know, given the history of injuries for U.S. teams in the World Cup and in the run up to the World Cup, there's always been some injuries, whether uh, Chris Armis, Corey Gibbs, Steve Trundlow in 2002. Um, there have been injuries, so you know it, it seems it seems like there's always a knock here and there. So depending on where the injury is, because let's face it, if uh, you know John Brooks gets injured, mm-hmm. you're not calling Land Donovan. You're probably calling Clarence Goodson. Um, but if an attack, if Brad Davis gets hurt, if, if Zuzi Bedoya, um, Green, if Green gets hurt, if any of those guys gets hurt, or even one, even you know what? I don't even know if I'd say Wondolowski because Terrence Boyd, I think, would get the call before Wondolowski, and that would make things very interesting. If Wondolowski got hurt and Donovan still wasn't called in, mm-hmm. then then there's going to be <laughs> torches and pitchforks uh, involved. I think at that point, but you know what? I, I put it at. I'd say it's a there's a 
again, we don't know about injuries, but let's just say there's about a 40% chance he gets called in. Uh, next question comes from Victor. Is there anything Klinsman can take from Atletico game plan to contain Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, look, Atletico's game plan was not to contain Ronaldo. Their game plan is to pressure teams. Uh, that that's that nothing they did was especially aimed at Ronaldo, right? So, I think if you can take something away from Atletico is is the is the concept of of high press, just you know pressuring the teams all over the field. And I think Klinsman wants to do that. And then you look at the the, the roster selections that he made. Again, that's another. If you want to talk about Knox on Donovan, is Donovan someone who puts in the defensive work? Uh, for a team that wants to pressure all over the field, and you know what, I don't—he uh, doesn't have that reputation. So, uh, if you want to talk about that potential lineup the U.S. puts out against the Ghana, if you have Ch- Chandler Johnson at your fullbacks, uh, Zusi Bedoya as your wingers, that's a, that's a team that can definitely you know do that and try to and pressure all over the field. So, be interesting to watch. Next question comes from Javier Zavaleta. How fishy is the USA roster selection becoming with no solid explanation from Jurgen Klinsmann? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the way I see it, I think when you say there's no solid explanation, I just don't think there are any explanations that are going ha- are gonna, to are gonna satisfy some people. All the, the, for all the people who are really up in arms about Landon Donovan not being on this team, um, what, is he, what, would he, what could he say? To you, right? I mean, is he being a little vague? Obviously, I think. Does he want to? I think. If anything, it's it's in a he's in a tough spot because he knows Donovan's like a legendary player. He knows he's a beloved player. Is he supposed to just come out and say, "Hey, look, he's lost a step. He's slow. He's old. He doesn't defend." Like, is he supposed to just rail on his full list of of faults at this point? It'd be nice because then people would be like, "Oh, well." In that case, but he's in a tough spot. Because if he does that, then it's like that's going to have its own kind of backlash. So um, I don't know if he would. I don't know. I don't think there's any explanation that he would have given that would have satisfied people. Roll. Oh, I'm sorry. Roland Klein asks, when will the book come out that tells the real Eric Klinsman, Landon Donovan story and who will write it? <laughs> It'll drop in 2019 after the Russia World Cup. And I don't know who's going to write it. I don't, I don't think I'll be the one to write it, but uh, I definitely look forward to reading it. Maybe I'll be right in it. Come on, man. We know you can't write. What's up with that? What's up with that? Awkward. Yeah, it's amazing. Somehow I convinced the team to let me be their PR. That's all right. Shock, I'll be busy shock. writing the John Klinsman autobiography. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll be close writing that. Most reckless things Ivis has said on the show. Uh, <laughs> it, it'll be titled Ha Ha Ha, the John Klinsman story. <laughs> I like that. That's good. I like that. Uh, next question comes from Graylo. Why does everyone say Landon always shows up for big games? Does anyone remember the 2006 World Cup? He was terrible. I'm trying to say it how this guy was I mean, that's a bit of, look, it's a bit of a myth in general when you talk about nobody shows up in all big games, any in at all, right? I mean, some people show up in more big games than others. Some people are better overall in big games than others. But yes, there have been, obviously there have been games when Donovan, uh, you know, didn't have necessarily a great game. He had a great game against Italy in 06, didn't have a good game against Ghana in 06, didn't necessarily have a good game against Ghana in 2010. Um, didn't have a great game against England. Had a, you know, he, obviously Slovenia had the had the goal, and in Algeria he was he didn't have like a great game against Algeria up until the the, the, the unforgettable goal, right? I mean that's that's what people remember is the goal. Um, but again, that's four years ago, so I don't know. I still have that question. I think for me, if I'm the manager and it's the 80th minute and we're down a goal. I would feel pretty comfortable putting Landon Donovan on the field in that situation. 
Well, Ivis, that wraps up the SBI Q&A. I need to let you go because you got to drive down to San Francisco and uh, and do whatever people do in San Francisco. Yep, we'll be heading up there for the uh, pregame or the day before the game press conference. And uh, also there's open training. There's an open training at Candlestick Park. The only time we're, we're going to get to see them train. And I'm sure there's not going to be a lot to see there. But fans will get to come out and check it out. So that would be good. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with the SBI show um, on Wednesday, I guess, so we can talk about the game. Uh, yeah, of course we're going to talk about that game. I mean, why wouldn't we talk about that game? We should do a, oh. we should do a show right after the game. That's what we should do. Mm, yeah, possible. I might I might be pulling in all nighter that night, so that might be a good idea. Oh, really? I mean, you pull nighter every night, so that's not. Nah, that's not nah. Too I don't know. I've been sleeping a lot lately. I've been I've been catching up on yeah, sleep. Yeah, what's after, up with like, that? I've noticed that. That's weird. Getting old, man. I'm getting old. You're not even old. You're like. That 34. <laughs> 34 is not even I old. Wish. I wish I was 34, man. Trust me. I wish I was. Th- I would. I would. Yeah, I'd be happy. I'm almost there. Actually, I would. I'm, I'm getting old. That's that's the biggest problem. Well, you know, when you live with your girlfriend, that ages you by like times five. How? All right, you'll see. Whoa, 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 whoa. We'll talk in a year. I'm just. We'll what? talk in a year. What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean by that, dude? I'm still fun loving, going out, do, uh, doing yeah. my thing. I mean, I'm fun not, doing I, your thing at Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, you're still, do, yeah, you're still good. I, I don't go to Bed Bath and Beyond. I do my thing. I, I come and Pretty go narrow. as I please. I can do whatever I want. There's no rules. I come and go as I please. Yeah. The fact that you have to actually say that is kind of, <laughs> I think. I mean, yeah, it means I really don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I just, I'll, I'll let you go. You have tons of stuff to do today, and uh, yeah, you and I will be back recapping USA first. Azerbaijan uh, on Wednesday morning. I have said I will have a show up sometime yes, sir. this week. <laughs> we, yeah, well, I'll be flying back on Wednesday, so I'll be spending all day uh, in the air. So hopefully we can knock it out on Tuesday night. Why don't we just do it when you're on the plane? We could do that. You have a Wi-Fi on the plane. <laughs> That'd probably still be better than your Wi-Fi connection. So What's that supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. I have no, I have, I'm done. The show's over. <laughs> the show's officially over. Also, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, the other day, obviously, it was the most uh, played show we've ever had. So, everyone, thank you. You surpassed our Eric Winalda, uh show that we had with him on as a guest. If you have not listened to that one, please listen to that one. It's a, it's a very good one. Um, but but everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, we, we had 6,000 plays, man. It was it was awesome. Yeah. we have, Well, we have to thank Taylor Twelman. Obviously, he came on and mm-hmm. uh, did his thing, and I'm sure that helped the number. But, yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm sure people wanted to hear hear our take on, on the whole thing, and especially when everyone was in panic mode and uh, – you know what? We'll see. We'll see if, what this first game does because this first game is going to either calm people down or freak people out even more. There's going to be no middle ground here. So, so we'll see. It should be it should be a fun, uh, fun and interesting game to watch. Actually, I, I kind of hope that that there is a meltdown. I just want to see. I just want to see Twitter explode after the game. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Man. Well, you know what? Uh, if we see Julian Green score a couple goals, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting because then there's going to be an even sharper divide. Oh between, yeah. The Don, the the how could you leave Donovan off people and the let it the, let it go already. Let's let's focus on the new team people. It's yeah. There's well, hey, look, you and I are gonna have a ton to talk about. So, Ivis, I'll let you go, man. Um, have a good time in San Francisco. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes. Ivis and I will be back later this week. This is the SBS Show. <laughs>